To get the first win of the Jeff Brom era, the Louisville Cardinals had to overcome a double-digit halftime deficit to the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. On today's episode of the show, we're going to talk about why that comeback not only highlights the resiliency of this team, but also highlights the clear needs of improvement moving forward. With that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are locked on Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Happy Labor Day. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. As always, I wanted to thank you all again for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the show is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. The Cardinals start out the Jeff Brom era with a W. Louisville defeated Georgia Tech 39-34 to at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta on Friday evening. Uh, we're going to recap that game, the Cardinals overcoming a huge or not huge, but uh, overcoming a double-digit halftime deficit, I should say. We're going to talk about some of the second-half adjustments that were made. We're also going to discuss how the game showed that major adjustments or major improvements are needed. And then to conclude the show, we will just explain that. Don't overlook it. A win is a win. So there were a lot of emotions on Friday evening, first off, I went to that game down in Atlanta. I was um, happy to see a good turnout from Louisville fans. There was a good amount of Cardinal Red. Uh, Georgia Tech fans showed out as well. I think that the announced attendance was around 36,000 or so. Um, but it was just a great atmosphere around Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But it was essentially a roller coaster of emotions on Friday evening for the Louisville Cardinals. Um it started out um, pretty at bay. Louisville missed some opportunities early on in the red zone. Couldn't really capitalize. That was something that we had talked about leading up to the game is, hey, look, they need to capitalize in the red zone and turn red zone trips into touchdowns. And there were times where they couldn't do that, and they ended up leading the game 6-0 early on. And it seemed like Louisville, Louisville's defense was doing what it needed to do to where, hey, it might not necessarily have mattered if all you got was field goals because eventually you were going to score again. Unfortunately, the second quarter happened for Louisville, and that was extremely tough. Um, I mean, you look at what happened in that game for Georgia Tech in the second quarter. Almost all of their scoring came in the second quarter. I mean, they had four touchdown drives in the quarter, and it wasn't just that they were scoring. It's that they were doing it at absolute will. The Cardinals could not stop what um, Brent Key and the offense were drawing up for the Yellow Jackets. Give credit to Haynes King. Give credit to their skill position players for making Louisville defenders miss. Um, doing a good job of essentially capturing the momentum. And that's where it kind of got frustrating because Louisville had not been able to capitalize early on in the game. And when Georgia Tech took that 7-6 lead, it was pretty annoying. 
And then Georgia Tech scored again. Will was able to answer. And then Tech finished out the quarter on a little bit of a run to take a 28-13 to 13 halftime lead. And I remember sitting there at halftime thinking, okay, this Louisville team, or this Louisville program, I should say, let me be more specific, not this team in particular, but the program, over the past half decade has not really been good at overcoming halftime deficits. One of the issues that they've had is making second-half adjustments. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, is this going to be different? Because if not, then you are going to risk losing a lot of the offseason momentum with a loss to Georgia Tech in a game that you were supposed to win. But the Cardinals came out. um, They ended up kicking a field goal to start the – kicked a field goal to start the third quarter. And um, at that point, you're still thinking, eh, you feel like you're leaving some points on the board. You end up um, coming down the field and scoring again, getting that touchdown to Jamari Thrash, the pretty solid ball placement from Jack Plummer there in the back of the end zone to Thrash to cut the lead to five. You have to punt it on a three and out. You get a lot of help from a – very close missed field goal from Tech, and that sparked a big run. Louisville was able to go down the field, take the lead on a beautiful route from Jamari Thrash, the stop-and-go route that absolutely froze the safety coming up to help, and Plummer connected with Thrash for the second um, score of the game for the duo. They were able to force a big-time fumble. Des Tell with a big fumble um caused and then cam wilson with the recovery there and the next play jawar jordan with a huge 75 yard touchdown run for the cardinals another stop led to a louisville field goal tech would go down and score but the cardinals bent but did not break recovered the onside kick and they did something that we hadn't seen in quite some time that was recovering from a slow start and making the necessary second-half adjustments. This was a completely different team in the second half, and I hate that one quarter makes this contest look closer than it is or makes the teams look closer than they are because I do think that Louisville was better than Tech. Credit to Georgia Tech for doing what they needed to do. I think that GT is going to be better than people um, believe them to be preseason-wise, but... I still think that Louisville was the best team for three quarters. If it wasn't for the second quarter happening, I think that it could have been a pretty significant deficit or a pretty significant win total um, in terms of margin. But nonetheless, that's not how the game went. So overall, I think the necessary second half adjustments were made. Louisville looked like a completely different team on offense. Jack Plummer didn't have the greatest first half. On tomorrow's episode of the show with Grant Mulligan, we're going to break Plummer's performance down a little bit further, talk about what Grant saw from him, uh, where Louisville goes now um, at quarterback, trying to build that confidence of Plummer. But one thing that at least you can find some positive in is that Plummer had a substantially better second half. Um, Nothing earth-shattering, but he looked more composed in the pocket um, you know, made some solid throws to Jamari, had a great uh, throw on the run to Kevin Coleman Jr. 
across the field, and then obviously some big touchdown passes. Plummer had a significantly better second half. I think one thing else that you can look at is it seemed like Louisville changed schematically a little bit from going more so downfield to, hey, we're going, we see that our receivers are creating that separation. We're going to throw them the ball pretty close to the line of scrimmage, maybe you know anything within 10 yards, and let them make plays. And we saw that. Chris Bell, Kevin Coleman Jr., Amari Huggins-Bruce, Jamari Thrash threw the ball to those guys out in space. They were able to make this Georgia Tech secondary miss and get yards after the catch. And I think that that is how we saw Kevin Coleman Jr. score. I think, you know, um, Jamari Thrash was able to move down the field extremely well doing that. And that shows that, you know, offensively when something's not working, you play to your strengths. And um, let's just say that this is going to be one of the best wide receiver cores that we've seen at Louisville over the past 10, maybe 20 years. I think that that's how good this core is. I think Georgia Tech secondary, as Jackson Caudell, uh, the publisher for Sports Illustrated's Georgia Tech site, said that that was pretty much the bright spot of the defense. Um, very, very solid to see there. And then defensively speaking, what Louisville was able to do, um, you know, you got hit in the mouth all second quarter. You gave up yard, yardage at will. You let Georgia Tech absolutely embarrass you in that second quarter. But then you made the adjustments. You essentially uh, cleaned up the tackling. I know that Pro Football Focus has Louisville as missing, I think, only six tackles on the game. You still made it to where you didn't give Georgia Tech a lot of space. Uh, you contained the running game. That's something else that uh, Louisville was able to do extremely well. You were able to get off the field more on third down. And um, I, I think that being able to bottle up the Georgia Tech rushing attack helped you also be able to contain the passing attack as well. You made the necessary stops. You had the critical turnover. Shout out Des Tell. Super excited to see him have that moment. Cam Wilson as well, receiving that fumble, recovering the fumble, I should say, and uh, being able to bend but not break, getting off the field on third down, doing enough to win the game. I think that overall this is a performance that the defense can build upon as well. So the second half adjustments lead you to believe that, you know, this is a different type of Louisville team. This is a team with more resiliency than we've seen in weeks past. Now, granted, it's week one. One common theme that we're going to talk about is not looking too far ahead, not having too concrete of takeaways, not getting too high, not getting too low, and that's going to come into play in the third segment. But second half adjustments were exciting to see. On the other hand... The even notion that Louisville was down at halftime by double digits shows that major improvements are needed. And we're going to talk about that here momentarily after we talk about our friends over at Athletic Brewing Company. Look, I think that, um, you know, this is one of the best times of year. Fall is a great time of the year. I know that a lot of people like going to football games. A lot of people like tailgating, bonfires, whatever may have you. Um, whether you cook out, whether you eat beforehand, a lot of people will crack open a brew, uh, have a beer or two or ten, um, depending on your tolerance, and it's become a staple to tailgating. 
Um, but if you're one of those people that doesn't like the hangover feeling or it just alcohol just doesn't agree with your stomach, well, Athletic Brewing Company offers a alternative that may help you. It is a non-alcoholic beer that has all of the flavors that you may have liked, but couldn't just ingest it. Um, they have uh, an Oktoberfest, Layback Lime and Salt. And if you're wanting to try it out, they have a custom variety case where you can build your own. Um, and if you use Locked On, well, you have the opportunity to save some money. Go to Athletic Brewing. Go to athleticbrewing.com. Enter the code Locked On to get 15% off your first online order, or find a store near you. Athletic Brewing, Milford, Connecticut, and San Diego, California. Non-athletic or non-alcoholic beer that you will want to check out. Hey, Cardinal fans, once again, thanks again for making Locked On the Louisville your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the show is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. Also, be sure to tune in to Locked On College Football Live. You can find that on on any streaming service, wherever you get your podcast, and on the Locked On the Louisville home YouTube page. So be sure to tune in. Moving right on along, we are continuing to discuss that double-digit comeback for the Louisville Cardinals in the season opener against Georgia Tech. They were down by 15 to um, Georgia Tech going into halftime, and we just talked about the second-half adjustments that the Cardinals made, and those are great, and you love to see that. I will take a win that's close any day of the week, whether it's too close for comfort or whatever, whatever may have you, but... I think that not only the second quarter, the deficit, but the game in general showed that, hey, look, major improvements are needed. I think that um, it's not just one side of the ball. It's not just one position. Offensively speaking, I think that obviously red zone offense has to get better. Now, granted, you could shake this off as well. The team hasn't played in a handful of months. You know, this is just rust that they're shaking off. There are new players. There are a lot of new players within this program. There's a new quarterback. Um, new wide receivers, so on and so forth. And you can say that. But at the end of the day, you can't fall back on that as an excuse. I think that uh, improvements are needed. Now, granted, it's week one. You do have a week two matchup against Murray State that will allow you to be able to continue to improve as you get closer and closer to week three against Indiana. But um, it just shows that this team is a work in progress, as it will be. I mean, look at how many years Louisville starts out the year um, not looking too hot. I mean, perennially, Louisville is not that great in season openers, but um, they've gotten better throughout the year. And I I would rather to acknowledge that you need to improve while winning these types of games rather than losing and really you know hitting home on the point that, hey, look, we've got to improve. You can improve now while also having the satisfaction of you know finding the win column as well. But offensively speaking, I think number one, the quarterback play has to get figured out. Um, you know, we have to figure out. You know, assuming that Jack Plummer is the guy, and I'm not saying that he's not, but he did not have the greatest performance. Um, Plummer on the evening was better in the second half than the first half. Uh, 18 of 31, 247 yards. He did have three touchdowns to one interception, had nine carries for 51 yards. So it wasn't this absolutely horrific performance that, you know, 
was not serviceable. I think that it was a serviceable performance, but it wasn't what you felt like should have been the performance. I mean, there were multiple times in the first half where he underthrew receivers, threw behind the receivers. Um, it looks like he he it looked like he hesitated a little bit, wasn't necessarily um, comfortable with the reads. And obviously this is all hearsay. This is just from what I saw. Maybe you all have different opinions and we'll talk with Grant tomorrow about what he saw as well. But it looked like he just hesitated a little bit on these reads to where the small windows when the receivers did beat their man, it allowed the Georgia Tech defense to recover, um, you know, not throwing the ball at the break of the route where the receivers were open the most. Um, and that's kind of where I think the issue lies. There were some drives that were stalled out due to uh, receivers dropping the ball, um, you know, Plummer not necessarily making the best throws. I do think to play the devil's advocate that there were situations to where I think Georgia Tech got away with some holds. I think they got away with a pass interference here and there, but you have to play through that. I mean, it is what it is. You can acknowledge that, but also not use that as a crutch to hold up on to um, essentially uh, accept a performance that's not up to standards. I hope that we can chalk this up as rust and that we move forward and Plummer looks really good against Murray State, Indiana, Boston College, so on and so forth. I'm not obviously ready to bench Plummer yet, although there was a lot of discussion at halftime as to, okay, Louisville might need to make a change. Kyle Boland tweeted out, look, he said, make the change, make that change, something along those lines, paraphrasing obviously, but um, it shows you that there was a real, real conversation as to whether or not Plummer should be the quarterback in the second half, and he just wasn't that great in the first half. Granted, to his credit, he looked better in the second half. He made some of the throws that we needed him to make. However, you're not out of the woods yet. You have to obviously see him get better and better. Um, you know, For a six-year super senior, you don't really have the luxury. You brought him in to be able to you know, play well right away not work through, um, you know, growing pains or whatever may have you, not work through early season woes. You need him to be good right away. So much of the, um, so much of this success for the season is on solid quarterback play. So I think that's one thing to focus on. I think Wolven needs to do a better job of running the football. I think that they ran the ball 34 yards for, or I'm sorry, 34 times for 227 yards and a touchdown. A lot of that was thanks due to the 74-yard touchdown run from Jawar Jordan. But um, I think that um, I, I'm not necessarily worried about the rushing attack. I think just overall it's Louisville needing to just dot their I's and cross their T's and put together a better performance um, overall, have a better sense of scoring in the red zone, et cetera. Um, just doing the little things the right way. Defensively speaking, I think that, you know, maybe some of that second quarter defensive collapse was due to the defense unit being gassed. I know that Ben Perry was ejected on an absolute BS targeting call. And, um, you know, you have to just kind of deal with the punches there. But um, that's a huge loss. Shout out to the guys that stepped up. I was you know, pleased with the defense for three quarters. Um, I think that the second quarter just showed that, you know, you have to limit the big yardage plays. We saw that, um, you know, you have to limit the big yardage plays. Another thing that has been a problem for Louisville, and it has to get corrected, is allowing the opposing quarterback to run rampant. Um, I thought Haynes King was 
He was the leading rusher for Georgia Tech, had 10 carries for 53 yards, and he extended some drives by himself on the ground. And that's something that, I mean, he's never really been that guy. I mean, you look at what he's done. I mean, he almost – well, he did. I mean, he eclipsed two seasons worth of rushing already. And Texas A&M, he ran the ball 29 times last season for 83 yards. He got over that amount this past game. For Georgia Tech. So that's something that, you know, I think that they have to do better. Louisville speaking defensively is contain the quarterback. Um, granted, I think you do a better job with Ben Perry in the game, right? Um, allowing the team to, or getting off the field on third down, something they did better in the second half. But also, also, I think that they defended the run better in the second half and just limiting the big yardage plays being better at, um, you know, tackling. I know that PFF says that Louisville wasn't necessarily all that bad at tackling, but it was definitely magnified in that second quarter. So that's something to focus on. Good and bad, positive and negative surrounding this victory over um, Georgia Tech. But like I will tell you, and I'll tell everybody that I told Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, and now Monday night, a win is a win is a win, and that is what matters. I will take a close win over a close loss any day of the week. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in depth here momentarily after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. NFL season starts on Thursday when Kansas City hosts the Detroit Lions. I am extremely excited for NFL. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5, just a measly $5, and get $200 back guaranteed in bonus bets. You can't do that unless you visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. Bet 5 get $200 back guaranteed. All right, heading on into the third segment of the show. Louisville did not cover the spread against Georgia Tech like I thought they would. The seven and a half spread looked like it was going to be close. Louisville had an 11 point lead going into the final two minutes of this game. Georgia Tech did go down the field, score a touchdown, didn't get the two point conversion, and didn't recover the onside kick. Louisville ended up winning the game by five. Um, unless you teased the spread in a parlay, you probably didn't cover here. Um, I think that five and a half is what some other people bet, and that's a brutal way to lose. Unfortunately, it is, but look at the bright side. The Louisville did get the victory. This was a point of emphasis late last week that I said it would be nice for Louisville to cover the spread, and margin does matter, but let's just focus on winning this game first. I mean, First of all, I'm going to give a shout-out to Georgia Tech. Um, they overcame a slow start. They gave Louisville all they could handle. I mean, they absolutely demolished them in the second quarter. Um, they made things interesting at the end. I have said it once. I'll say it a couple more times. I do think that this Georgia Tech team is going to be better than what people have portrayed them to be in the preseason. I think that they have the offensive creativity and the skill position players to be pretty decent offensively. I think um, from the defensive standpoint, um, the secondary is the strength there, but if they can continue to keep building on that end, they do have a 
pretty tough schedule, but nonetheless, I think that they are better than what people make them out to be. Um, but shout out to the cards, man. Second half comeback. Um, it went from being a very somber mood at halftime to rejoicing, knowing that you needed to improve moving forward. And it's a long season, but also celebrating the first win of the Jeff Brom era. You, um, Absolutely came out and won that second half, and that is huge. But a win is a win, especially on the road in conference play. That's something that you have to look at. Some people will look at this win. There's two schools of thought. There's one that says, oh, we won. Everything's good. Obviously, that's not true. A win is great. And like I said, people will say, I'll take a close win. I'll take an ugly win over a pretty loss. First of all, there's no such thing as a pretty loss. An ugly loss is an ugly loss. A loss is an ugly loss. Um an ugly win is just that. It's a win. I would rather win 12 games by three points than lose 12 games by zero or by one point. You can't lose games by zero points. Um, you, you see what I'm saying. You understand the merit of what I'm saying. I'd rather win a game and have it be frustrating than lose a game and also still have that same frustration. So you get the victory. That's huge. You are you allow yourself to build upon that. Um you know, one of the things people talk about is establishing a culture. And that's true. And a lot of that is intangibles. It's leadership and everything. But make no mistake about it. Winning is 100% a part of culture. You want to build a winning culture. And getting these wins is something that you can't overlook here. I'm glad that we start out 1-0. You now have a short week to prepare for Murray State. I think that Will is going to now take the time to work out some of those improvements that they had. Or the I'm sorry, some of those lack of improvements in the first half, not lack of improvements. I don't know why I'm saying that they, some of the struggles that they had in the first half, let me just say that one thing that I will say before we leave, I think that there was a quote in in what Jeff Brom said, he said, you know, it wasn't necessarily about motivating in the first half or at halftime. It was a matter of just calling it how it is. And obviously I'm paraphrasing here, but him coming out and saying, or him telling the guys that, Look, it's all about effort, and if you're not giving me the effort that you need to give, then you're not going to play for the rest of the year. I love that. That's the way it should be. Accountability is huge, and I'm glad that that is sort of the mantra that we're going by is, you know, I don't care what you did last year. I don't care, you know, if you're a projected NFL draft pick. I don't care if you're a starter, whatever. If you're not giving me that effort, you're going to be next to me on the sideline, and that's something that we need here at Louisville, and I'm glad that, Obviously, that resonated with the players. So um, the second half adjustments were key. Major improvements are needed, but a win is a win. Louisville now will turn their attention to the Murray State game in the home opener on Thursday, 7.30 kickoff at LNN Stadium. But we are not done talking about this matchup when Grant Mulligan comes onto the show tomorrow. We're going to dive into it a little further and talk about some more individual performances. We'll talk about Jack Plummer's performance. We'll talk about the defense. We'll talk about the receivers, et cetera, as the week goes on. But everyone, have a great day. We'll see you right back here tomorrow to find the show on all streaming services and on um, social platforms. Be sure to follow on this graphic.